Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. All right, well, we're going to get into the Word today. If you're visiting with us today, um, I'm thankful you're here. We're going to get into some, probably one of the most controversial chapters of the, uh, of the, of the book of Revelation, and uh, we're, we're, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to look at Revelation's chapter, uh, chapter 13. We've been in a series uh, called Prevail. Every year we do a character study, basically a walk through chapters of the Bible. Uh, And this year I felt like the Lord told me to do the book of Revelation because in Revelation chapter 1 it says, Blessed is the church, or blessed are those who read this book to the church of Jesus Christ. And I thought, Lord, I want to be blessed. I want our church to be blessed. So let's study this book together. And so it's been been challenging. It's been uh, been encouraging. But we need to remember that as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid when things get... Get really terrible or in our world because we have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and marked by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we um, have, uh, have uh, a new city. It's the city of God that you and I get to be a part of. Things are going to get uh, challenging uh, in the world around us. And at the end of the day, we have to remember that that the world doesn't get any better. The world just continues to find, be confusing and difficult and challenging. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we have peace and joy and life and wisdom and understanding and an abundant life through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so no matter what happens in your life, you prevail. You've already won the battle. When Christ was born, he was born, Satan lost the battle. When he died on the cross, Satan lost the battle. When he rose on the third day, Satan lost the battle. So here's, here's I have, if you want to put some bets in, now's the time. Satan loses the battle. Jesus wins. The church of Jesus Christ wins. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Which means today, if you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you get to spend an eternity with Christ. And I plead with those of you who are watching online and those in the room today who maybe don't have a personal relationship with God, there is nothing better than serving my Jesus. Life is better His way. Life is better His way. And I promise you this, that serving Christ at can be challenging, but it is rewarding. And the fruits on this planet and the fruits on the earth to come, uh, the the, the, the heaven to come, is far worth the commitment and the sacrifice it takes to serve the Lord. I feel like I needed to to, to spend some time on chapter 13 because it's a very important book for us to understand. It's, It's vital that we recognize that the book of Revelation, I need you to hear me, is not a crystal ball. It's not an inside revelation of how the world ends. You need to know this. The book of Revelation is a way for us to look at our personal walk with Christ and ask this question, who am I truly worshiping? Who truly has my allegiance? Who truly have I given my life to? And the purpose of this book is to encourage you to loyalty and obedience to Christ. This chapter that we're about to read in particular is gonna help us understand why it's so difficult to remain faithful and loyal to Christ. It's going to help us understand why, under pressure, it can be challenging to stay the course with Christ. Yes, it is not easy. In this chapter, we will understand why it's so difficult. And as we looked last week at some symbolic imagery, we saw the, the dragon uh, and the, the, the woman who we recognize now as the church of Jesus Christ and the child, which is Jesus, and the dragon is the devil. We recognize that the dragon wanted to kill the child but could not. And so he went after the woman who is the church, and he wanted to devour the woman 
Solomon, and remember the way he devoured, the way he tried to destroy the church of God is through the flood of water coming out of his mouth. And so he attacked us. This is last week. You can listen to it if you'd like. He attacked us through accusations. He attacked us through deception. And he attacked us through, uh, through um, threats in our lives. And this is the way he attacks us. But we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we do not love our lives, even if it means dying. We, we say, no, we prevail. And so we learned that reality. But then we see that the peop- that Satan, the dragon, is going after the people of God. And just one note here, you guys have last week's slides in there, so you'll need to put in this week's slides. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm going to re-preach last week. Let's do that. So Joel, I'm sorry, brother, but you got another challenge ahead of you. Can you please put up this week's slides? Amen. Let's pray for Joel right now. Amen. <laughs> so you're going to have to follow me today. That's just the devil's work because it's a, conf- it's a confusing chapter to understand. Lord, I pray for wisdom and revelation for the church of Jesus Christ right now as we look at the mark of the beast, 666, and who the beast is. And I'm going to help you understand that today. So I'm going to read this verse, and you're just going to have to hang on and pray the Lord gives you inspiration. Amen. And Joel, when you got that up, you tell me, brother, and we will get that ready to go. Revelations 12, 17 says, Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Okay, well, hallelujah, there it is. Sorry, guys, this is really odd. It's not on my thing. I'll try this again. Come on, somebody. How many of you happen to be at church today? Three of you, you just want to know what the mark of the beast is. I get it, it's okay. You're like, get to the point, Ryan. It's okay, I don't know. All right, well, you guys are going to have to help me back there. The devil's trying to quit me, stop me here from teaching this word. Not today, Satan. All right, I don't know what's happening here, Joel, and you can help me as always, but you guys can help me back there. Preach with me today. So come on, Revelation 12, 17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to war, wage war against, look at this, the rest of her offspring. And who are the true disciples of Jesus Christ? Those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Christ. We have to understand that this is who the devil goes after. So if you don't keep the commands of God and you don't hold fast to the testimony about Jesus, guess what? The devil ain't going to bother you. He's only going to go after those who are committed to being obedient to the word of God and those who keep the testimony about Jesus Christ. And we've heard week after week after week about the powerful lamb. But today we're going to learn a little bit more about Satan, about how he comes at us with temptation and how he comes at us through fear and shame and guilt. And let's look at this chapter in Revelations chapter 13, verse 1. It's on the screen. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 13. Verse one, then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and 10 horns with 10 crowns on its head. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear, the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. I saw the one of the heads of the beast and seemed wounded beyond recovery But the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast, and they worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshiped the beast, who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed, who is able to fight against him. Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. 
And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belonged to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. And anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. And anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Now you'll notice something about chapter 12 and chapter 13. When we look at the, the descriptions of God through chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapters 11, which we tear the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we also see that the devil is described as almost a counterfeit unholy trinity. We see him defined in chapter, uh, chapter uh, 12. He's mimicking God, and it's the same idea that the Father gives authority to the Son, but we'll find in this verse that the dragon gives authority to the first beast of the sea. We see also that this, this beast mimics Jesus. In Revelation uh, 13.3, you'll see the idea here that that. Uh, that uh, here, he comes out as a lamb. You see this picture of him looking like a lamb. And it also says that, that one of his heads of the beast was wounded and then it was healed. Now notice, in the same way that Jesus was slain and died and was brought back to life, this uh, beast had a head that was wounded that was healed. And so all the earth worshipped this beast because he mimicked what Jesus did on the cross and rose again, but this beast was simply wounded and simply brought back. To, he was restored to health by healing. He was not brought back to life. We see the language in verse 5 and 6 that it says, I saw a lamb standing as if it was slain. Revelations 13, 3, I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain. Verse 9, chapter 9, your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language. And the beast was given authority to rule over every tribe and people. Revelations 5, and then I heard every creature in heaven on earth, on earth, and in the sea, worshiping the lamb. Revelation 13, 4, they worship the dragon for giving the beast such power. The devil here is a counterfeit God. He's trying to look like the unholy trinity with the dragon being the father, with the, the beast of the sea being Jesus, and the beast of the earth, which we'll read about in a moment, being the Holy Spirit. The devil is a deceiver, and he's trying to be as close as he can to look like God. We see that all throughout the scripture, and we see in chapter uh, verses 11 to 19, it's a, a mimic of the Holy Spirit. We see that this, this devil, this, this uh, enemy, is an unholy trinity who is a counterfeit God, and he's trying to, to trick the whole world to turn away from the one true, complete God. And we see that we've seen two, three characters, the, 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 the woman, the dragon, the woman, and the child. In this chapter, we see two new figures, the beast from the sea. And the earth beast in the sea in this scripture we see that this beast had, we look at it and we realize that in the last chapter, in chapter 12, the woman was something, we looked at the woman and saw something deeper. We looked at the dragon and saw something deeper. We looked at the idea that John was giving symbolism to help us understand something beyond what he's saying. It's the same way in this chapter, John is trying to help us something that points to something deeper. So are we going to find an actual beast with 10 horns and seven heads? No. 
This is, dra- this is one of the dragon's allies. The, the people of that day would absolutely understand where John was coming from when he read these verses, when he wrote these verses to the church of Jesus Christ. They knew exactly where he was coming from because they understood Old Testament teaching. From Daniel chapter seven, if you remember, the prophet Daniel had a prophetic dream where out of the sea came a lion, a bear, and a leopard, and a beast of undescribable form. We see that John was looking back and it becomes clear, listen, it becomes clear in the vision from Daniel in Daniel chapter seven that the four beasts that came out of the sea represented the four kingdoms of that day who had rejected God. It represented the political figures or the state that had decided to once was under God, now rejected God, was no longer following God and now wanted to be God. We see through this description in Daniel chapter seven, we can conclude that as John grabbed this same language and said it's like a leopard, a bear, and a lion, using the same language, we can conclude in this verse that the beast from the sea is the dragon manipulated political powers of that day. We we can call them false Christs, false messiahs, false saviors. When I read that, I often thought it would be like a guy, you know, like kind of looks like me. Have you ever seen Waco? I kind of look like the guy on Waco who thought he was Jesus. It's kind of funny, actually. Go look it up. (laughs) You're not laughing, but it's really funny. (laughs) That's why I'm going to cut my hair and get new glasses. (laughs) But if you look, you often think you're talking about false messiahs. You think, oh, it must look like Jesus. But what, what this is insinuating is the idea that it's not just an individual. It's the idea of someone trying to come to be your savior. Someone trying to come and act like they are God in your life. And we see through this verse in Matthew 24, uh, 24 actually, not 22. It says, Jesus said that for false Christs shall arise. Verse 23, watch out. I've warned you about this ahead of time. And so John was helping the readers to understand that the first beast was the political powers of the day. They turned from being under God to now trying to be God. They were now trying to remember Emperor Domitian decided that he wanted all of the emperor, all of Rome and all of the the empire to worship him. So when you can have any God that you want, you can be Catholic, you can be Buddhist, you can be Muslim, you can be a Christian, you can do all the religions that you want to do, but first you must give glory to the great almighty Domitian by going into the temple Domitian, giving a little bit of incense to Emperor Domitian, declaring that he is God over all, and then you can go to church on Sunday and worship Jesus. This idea of the political powers moving out from the sovereign reign of God, choosing the way of the beast over the way of the Lamb. We see this very clearly if we look through the book of Revelation and we read it through the context of when John wrote this. He wrote this to a people who are being, who are being pushed down by the political powers of that day. And in truth, they didn't set out in the beginning to be like that, but over time they tasted something that every one of us in deep in our hearts wants. It's called power. Control. Wealth. We want to be popular. We want to fit in. We want people to, we want to feel that power in our lives. And in this way, political powers often in that day, and we remember the context of that was Rome. 
And it was being manifested before Rome, it was Egypt. Before Egypt, it was Assyria and Babylon. And on and on it goes. Empire after empire, after government, after government, after president, after prime minister, after, and I'm not here to make a political statement or agenda, so don't worry, I'm not gonna go there. You're like, oh, here we go, no, don't worry. I'm not gonna go there today, that's not my job. My job is to teach the Bible, not give you my opinion. All throughout history, we see empire after empire, the beast is being manifested through political powers who have rejected the way of the Lamb. Someone said this, the dragon goes after the disciples of Jesus, but not directly. He goes after them through the beast from the sea, through dragon-manipulated political powers. And remember, in those days, the emperors would be treated like gods. This is the context of this, was that they were individuals who now wanted to be God, and we have to be aware that this does happen today. That political powers and governments, and just let me this be your encouragement, we want to uh, believe that the good intentions of humans are good, but at the end of the day, there's only one person that's good, and his name is Jesus. And unless each motivation and heart is redeemed by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ, there is not a single man on the planet who is God. No matter how great you love them or how much you want to vote for them, I'm sure they're great and I'm sure they're awesome. We need to submit to our leaders. But the moment our leaders step out from underneath the realm of God and begin to dictate things on us that do not align with the written word of God, we have to recognize that is the dragon trying to destroy the people of God. The second beast, the beast from the earth. We can read about this in Revelations. Thank you, guys. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth, verse 11. He had two horns like those of a lamb. He spoke with the voice of a dragon. Notice that. Notice the the, the mimicking of Jesus. He, He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast. He required all the earth. Remember, now this, these verses are looking like the Holy Spirit. He exercised all the authority of the first beast and required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He needed to worship this, this first beast who was, was wounded and came back to life. And he did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to the world. And he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. There we go. They keep talking about this idea that this first beast came, came back to life. No, no, he was wounded and he was healed. Only Jesus died and rose again. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. And then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship must die. We see that in this verse, again, as I mentioned, he's mimicking God. He's trying to be like God. He looks counterfeit, a counterfeit trinity, not the real, authentic God. So if the first beast was dragon-manipulated political powers, who is the second beast? Well, we have to look at this through the eyes of, of uh, to understand through, through this, the scriptures that we just read, the overtones that we find are overtones of religion. The earth, The earth beast did miracles to promote the sea beast, to deceive the world with signs and wonders. The second beast does signs and wonders, breathes life into the first beast. Uh, He's very worried about his image. The purpose of this deception is to manipulate the, uh, the people to trusting and following the governmental and political leaders that have moved out from underneath God. The earth's the earth's beast role, the second beast role is primarily religious. We see this actually defined and later in the book in Revelations chapter 16, 19, and 20, John refers to this beast as a false prophet. 
Remember, Jesus said this again in Mark 13, 22, for false messiahs, okay, there's the first beast, and now false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders to so as to deceive if possible, even God's chosen ones, even those who've made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Watch out, I've warned you about this ahead of time. Also, in Matthew 7, 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous beasts, they are ravenous wolves. Therefore, this second beast, as mentioned, is the dragon manipulated religious powers and institutions. Now, this is something we preached on in our last series, but you gotta beware today. Church of Jesus Christ, there are people who are teaching a gospel that is not the gospel. There are people who are teaching a Jesus that is not, a Je- that is not the Jesus that we know. There are institutions and religious organizations and, you know, I don't, I don't think all TV evangelists are good or bad. I don't know them personally, but I'm just saying people who, who preach doctrines and theologies and ideas that don't align with Scripture and God's Word that are only about their own personal gain. Those are false prophets and false teachers. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.